want to introduce who's going to talk here for a moment. I just want to kind of get real with you. God knows when to put certain people in your life at a certain time. You need to be open to that. And uh, as, as the leader of Northwood, you, you always have to be looking for what is the next season, what's the next step that God wants to do in the church. And about eight years ago, there was a next step that we had to take. And God began to put people in my life in the church's life that could help us make that transition. And we've got one of those men here today with us, Pastor Dino Rizzo. He's the um, executive director of the Association of Related Churches. Now, we know it as the ARC. Come on now, give it up for the ARC, huh? <laughs> Planning churches all over America and now even all over the world. And so we're just glad to be a part of it. We're a partner church there, been given for a long time. Jan and I have been, had the privilege of serving there uh, in a capacity of assessing church planters and their marriages. And so we are just socked into ARC. It's a great organization full of great men. And what sold me on the ARC Church planning, yes, but more than that were the people that made it up, the people who were real. It's so good to get around real leaders who are not hiding behind something, who are just honest with their failures, their successes, you know, with their challenges. And uh, Pastor Dino is one of those men that I look to for that. Just a great friend. He and his wife, Delenn, did our uh, marriage retreat a couple of years ago. You were in there. They did a marvelous job, and then he came and he ministered here. And so we thought it would just be a great time to have him come and share a word that's on his heart for us. So I want you to do this. I want you to give it up for Pastor Dino Rizzo. Come on now. Hey, let's clap our hands for Jesus. That's what it's all about. God, it's great to be here. Thank you, Pastor Van. You're awesome. And uh, I just want to welcome, my goodness, what a great uh, weekend to be here with all the things that are happening, live streaming to our other campuses, which is just fantastic. What's up? I look better on camera. Come on, somebody. And so it's great to be a part of what God is doing at every campus, at every location. And I just, but it's amazing how God is using technology. And we hear so many bad things about technology, and sometimes that becomes a pain in, in people's lives. But all the positive things that are happening where the church now can be just distributed. I love that God is distributing the vision of this house now to other locations. And so I believe your best days are ahead of you. And I just, I just think it's going to go on and on because just being in our worship time uh, together and just walking around here and being a part of, the, of this church and, and this family and knowing this church, uh, there's a whole lot more communities uh, that need a little more Northwood. Can I have a good amen? And so we're going to be able to distribute that out uh, more and more in the future. So it's an honor. Uh, to be a part of church and to be a part of what God is doing at this church. I love this church, love what God is doing. I always feel at home here. I don't have a problem feeling at home. I'm Italian. I make myself at home everywhere I go, whether I, whether whether the other person likes it or not. I'm just kind of that guy. And then I'm married to a Cajun, so a whole lot of action going on in my house. We may show up at your house this afternoon, sit on your couch, use your toilet. We ain't scared. And so... That's just kind of how we roll, and so uh, anyway, it's, a, it's an honor to be here, and uh, I love this church, just being able to see uh, through your generosity what you're doing. Even today, those that are here for the first time, and we want to connect with you, by connecting, we're able to partner with a, another type of uh, outreach, and then all the things that are happening uh, through your giving and your generosity. You are known as a generous church. I don't know if you know that or not, but on the street, you're known as a generous church. You could see that as we talked about our four different ways to give, and I love 
love that idea of text to give. That's what our family does uh, in our giving and our tithe. We text to give. Some of you are online, things like that. But to be able to see the different things that you're doing with your generosity, I'm all about that. I just believe, I love what happens in the church at every campus, but I love what happens from the church. And so in our world, whether it's organically or whether it's through a serve day or whether it's through different outreaches where your, 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 your leadership uh, makes a decision to help us plant churches. And so together over the last 16 years, you've been giving to this. We planted over 674 churches. And on behalf of a lot of those churches, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Van and Jan, all that you've done there. They're a part of our leadership there, and of course, we do a lot together. And so I just wanted to say thank you for being so incredible, having a heart for the future, and uh, what, a, what a great morning, what great worship, and just so enjoyed all that God is doing, and, and, and just, just you, you can feel God's presence. You, you know, I love going into a church. I get to travel now some, and so I'm, I'm based there in Birmingham with Church of the Highlands, but spend about 30 weekends at other churches and get to hear a lot of different worship teams, but uh, you can just kind of sense when the people on stage are more in love with Jesus than themselves. And, uh, and so you could sense, I literally felt, oh, why, why, Pastor Jordan, when you were leading worship, you could just feel the presence of Jesus. Like it was the real deal. And it ministered to me. I appreciate that, Pastor. And so God is moving. And so we're just honored to be here. Love your pastors. Love this family. Uh, I, I would do life with Van and Jan all the time. Just coming down. They make me laugh and make me feel like I can, I can be encouraged. And there's such a blessing into our life and arc. And I don't know if you know this or not, but just their leadership not only is making a difference, here, but literally around the world with pastors through Relate, through Arc, through a lot of different expressions. This is a place we're sending young couples to learn how to do church here, of course, at the other campuses. So we love you guys. Thanks for being great friends to Delenn and I and just, just staying with us through all the ups and downs. Uh, and, and I appreciate that. Can we clap our hands for our pastors? and Come on, show your love at every campus. They are the real deal. This, this is a great church to get connected to. If you're kicking the tires, don't kick the tires no more. Get connected. Be a part of the growth track. Join a small group, men. Be a part of what God is doing right here from this house. And, and, and I know God is going to bless you. So, again, it's an honor to be here and bring you greetings from Birmingham. Uh, up there. I'm an LSU Tiger fan living in Birmingham, which is no fun at all. And so, but I, I deal with it. I pray. I deal with it. And so I just pray, I pray. And so uh, we're, we're having a great time. Love working at Church of the Highlands with Pastor Chris and just a great man of God, uh, a man of wisdom like your pastor. And then of course, what we do get to do at Ark together. And our, our family's doing well. I brought a picture of the family. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to get that up there. Uh, there are the Rizzo's right there. So Rizzo's are doing well. Uh, starting from the left, that's Isabella. That's our baby girl. Uh, she turns 16. I'm Italian, so you had to name one Bella so you could speak Italian walking around your house. And so, and then that's our other daughter. That's McCall. Uh, she just graduated from LSU, is working at Church of the Islands, doing a great job. Then that's my wife, Delenn. Uh, 28 years we've been married. And, and she, she's Kate. Her name is Delenn Monique. And it, here's what I tell people you know, when you're getting married, you got to know when you come home who you're dealing with. And so some days I come home and she's a little sweet, Delenn. <laughs> Other days I come home and she's Monique. Come on. <laughs> Hey, guys, you got to know who you're dealing with when you walk up in that house. And so that's Delenn Monique. And then uh, that's my, my amazing son. He just moved to New York. He's working up there at the Hillsong New York Church and doing well. So that's the Rizzo's. We're doing well, and God's helping us. 
Thank God. I don't ever speak anywhere, but I don't show my family's picture because it's grace. And, and they're the ones that allow me to come and be a part of what God is doing at Northwood. So I want to come alongside of what God is doing here, uh, especially this summer as you reach out and make a difference in your community. Of course, expanding to all the other campuses like you're doing with live stream, all the great things happening across this region. I want to talk for a few minutes uh, around the idea, and I think a good title would be Show and Tell. Show and Tell. So let's talk about that because I believe God wants to use your life to, to share the gospel, to show the gospel, and to tell others about it where you, you you live out one of the values here which is to make a difference to make a difference God's called you to make a difference that's uh, that's the passion of this house at every location at everything we do with our students and all the different things happening with small groups it's to make a difference through our lives and so we want to talk about that for a few minutes because a lot of times we go through seasons and we go through things where we feel like maybe we can't make a difference anymore because of the pain or the struggle or the mistake or the suffering I'm here to tell you that no matter what you've been for, sometimes pain puts you even at a better position to make a difference. And we're going to talk about that. So let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing, Father, at Northwood. Lord, we thank you for our pastors. And Lord, what, what a great, what a historical weekend, Father, being able to live stream at every campus. So speak to our hearts, God. Use us today. We love you so much. Let people know that they matter to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said a good amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. Come on, every campus. Come on, look at the other person that was your second choice and tell them, you look like you could use a little church, my friend. Now you know who you are. Uh, to give you a little bit, uh, just a short little testimony, I, I was not raised in church, so I, I did not come from the context of church. Uh, our family was, was not brought up with that type of insight, and so my dad was a, a, an Italian uh, Catholic who did not go to church, and, and my mother was a, a backslidden Baptist who did not go to church, and we lived in a tourism town called Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we had shops that were on the beach, and so we worked through the weekends. We, were, we, we had to work because of customers and things like that, and some of you sometimes in in these areas, you can identify with that uh, type of weekend uh, duty. And so we did not go to church. We'd, we'd, every once in a while, we'd go to church maybe at like Christmas to the Catholic church. And then we'd go to like, you know, Baptist church at Easter. And, and that would be a whole lot in a year. So we'd take off like two years because that was, that was a lot of church. I mean, that was a lot of church. And, um, and so we, uh, we were not raised with, with the Bible. And, uh, but I, we, we had glimpses of it. There were moments where we began to understand things and there were different things that took place. And a matter of fact, the, the way that I came to Christ was through outreach. Uh, there was a church like this that, that did an outreach, that did a serve day, that, that got together as a small group and had an idea and they went out and served the community. And, and I was served through one of those outreaches. And, and because of that, they handed me a little sheet of paper and, and I read this little sheet of paper and put it in my pocket. And two weeks later, I came home from a place I shouldn't have been and, and, and just felt something was wrong and, and felt empty in my life and, and felt far from God. And, and, and I remember I read that little sheet of paper. It was a, back in those days, we called them a gospel track. And so I read this track and, uh, and on the back of it was a sinner's prayer. And I prayed a sinner's prayer on a sheet of paper from a church I've never been to paid for by people that I have never met. Some people say outreach doesn't work. I'm living proof that outreach works. I'm here today because the church had an idea to go outside the walls of the church. So it was a miraculous time, June the 21st, 1982. I just graduated out of high school. But I've gone back now that I'm older, and I've wondered, you know, the Bible says that some plant, some water, 
and then someone else gets a harvest or, or someone makes an impact. Someone uh, comes along and, 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 and kind of fertilizes that or, or, or likes it and, and moves it along. And then someone else helps you make a decision. And so I've gone back and looked and I looked over my life recently. I started thinking about how do you change your life and how do you make a difference? And, and how, do you, how do you walk when, with God when you didn't walk with God? What, what makes those things happen in people's lives? Because I want to identify with that. I don't want to be so far removed from where I was that I cannot speak to people from where they are now. And, and I, I know that's the heartbeat of the church. And, and I look back and I remember my, my sisters had a little encounter with God and, and they began to read the Bible. And that made me interested. I think that was where there was a planting that took place. And the watering was a situation that I experienced with a friend of mine. He was a baseball player. And, and during our fall ball, he went on to play college ball and Pro ball, he's a great baseball player. And during fall ball, uh, he, his father, who was one of our coaches, uh, had a heart attack and dropped dead during our fall ball my senior year. And it, and it shocked us all. And, and, it, and it was probably the first time uh, at a young age that I experienced someone close to me that had passed away. And when you're at that age, you're still trying to, you think you're going to live forever and everybody's going to live forever. And so you get confronted with this, this sense of there's an expiration date and what's beyond the grave. And you begin to think about that. But here's what really impacted my heart was the way that this friend of mine handled it. His name was Jack Jolly. How many know if you got a name like Jack Jolly and you're in high school, somebody's going to give you the business. And so we, we would mess with him, make fun of him. But Jack was a great baseball player. And I watched him go through the suffering. I watched him go through the pain. I watched him comfort his mother and be there for his brother. And, and it impacted me. And we played ball together. During the spring, I would say to him, Jack, or, or I called him JJ, JJ, how are you doing? He'd say, I'm doing okay. JJ, really, how are you doing? He'd always say things to me like, God's got me. I've got peace. I'm going to be okay. One time he got up and did a little, uh, little pep talk to our team at the end of the season. And he kept saying, God is in control. God is in control of my life. And I look back on my life and I thank God for the church that did the outreach that was uh, the tipping point for coming to Christ. And I'm grateful for my sisters, even to this day, for their interest in the Bible that began to, to mess with my heart. But I'm really thankful for is the way that Jack Jolly walked through his suffering and his struggle and the way that he walked through it showed me something about God that I did not know. It showed me something about a person who had faith in God that I'd never seen before. It lived out one of my favorite verses. That's Romans 8, 28. I, I love the truth of Romans 8, 28. It's a popular vo uh, verse. The other day I was in a store and they had it on a rug. And it's just one of those verses that they print on things. <laughs> like a tattoo. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. It says Romans 8, 28 says this. And we know that in all things God works. He works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. It's my favorite verse. Seems like the older I get, the more important that verse becomes in my life. The more I go through a valley, I have a disappointment, I go through a pain, the more that verse becomes monumental in, in getting me through moments in my life. Paul wrote that, and, and Paul leaned into it. If there's anybody that could write a verse like that, it's Paul. I believe with all my heart Paul wrote that because Paul had gone through some things. So I believe Paul kind of wrote it like this. And we know, we know this, not that we feel. It's not something we're hoping for. It's not something that might happen. Paul was saying, I am confident. I have a confidence that we know that in all things. 
Not past all things, not beyond all things, not on the other side of all things. Paul says, I have found it to be true that in all things, God works. You just stop it right there. What a promise. What a, what a comfort today if you are in something. That God can work in all things. God doesn't stand back that when, and we're going through something and he waits for us to get beyond it. And then he says, oh, I now can get involved because you're now out of the ditch. You're now out of the problem. You've now gone past the suffering because I can't get my shoes dirty and I can't get my hands, uh, uh, I can't get germs. He's not a germaphobic. Come on, somebody. It's not like God's living with Purell and he's always cleaning up his hands before he touches our marriage or gets involved with our problems. God says, oh, you're in something? I'm getting in it. Because whatever you're in, I'm going to get in. And Paul says, I have found out that in all things God can work. God will work for the good of those who love him. I love how there's a condition. Those who love him. This is not a promise for all of mankind. This is a promise for those who love him. It's not a universal, uh, uh, that universalism that just says, oh, be happy. What's the other word? Be happy. Don't, don't worry. Mm, mm. Go, girl. Okay, okay. Other campus, y'all, what y'all doing up in there? It's a. But it's, that's, it's, not like, it's not that universal of just be happy and don't worry. No, 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 no. God works the good for those who love him and are called. That word called means stamped. It, it, it's like a picture on Instagram or on Facebook can be tagged. It actually means tagged. And it's, it's, it means tagged uh, by the redemptive blood of Jesus. God works for the good for those who love him and have been stamped by grace and mercy and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to say they've been called according to his purpose. Not just any purpose, but a much bigger purpose. God, Paul is saying, I know that God worked. Paul, I love how Paul says to that in all things, God's, he looks back on his life and says they tried to drown me. They tried to, they tried to stone me. They tried to hate me. They tried to isolate me. They abandoned me. They turned their back on me. But it, it wasn't, God was knitting all those things together. And I found out that, that in all these things, everything I went through, God was working for my good. That in all things, God works. God is in it all. I wrote this in my journal the other day. If God's in it, God's got it. If God's in it, God's got it. What a promise for us. There's another scripture I love because I think it reinforces and breaks it down even more. This idea of that God can use the most interesting things in your life to, be, to make a difference in other people's lives. If we'll, if, we'll, if we'll keep loving him. If we'll stay in it. Another verse is 1 Peter. Uh, it's a big truth. One, chapter 1 verse 6 through 7. I love this. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. It's like, have you ever been riding down the road and there's a sign and it's blinking and it says traffic ahead? Or it says road closure ahead? Or it says one lane ahead? You're just like, oh, man, 
I should have went another route. Let me get my Waze app going right now so I can find out if I can detour this thing real quick. And so this is a sign that's blinking that says, uh, be truly glad. There's wonderful joy. Wouldn't it be great if as you were driving, the sign was blinking, there's wonderful joy ahead. That's what Peter says. Peter says, so be truly glad, not fake glad. Be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Man. That's like the next sign, Pastor, that, past that one, Pastor Van, is that there's going to be, there's trials just for a little while. He breaks it down even more in verse 7. These trials, I love this, will show that your faith is genuine. They're going to show to others that your faith is genuine. It's one of the ways that God shows people that your faith is genuine by the way that you go through things. By the way you handle things. Your response, your reaction shows other people that your faith is genuine. It is real. Uh, it can be tested. That what it goes on and says. It says that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when you, your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. What an interesting verse. This is one of the ways that we're going to show the world that our faith is legit, that it's different than all the other faiths is by remaining strong. And when we remain strong through the ups and downs, Paul says, I, I am convinced that in all things, the ups, the downs, the pain, the problems, the prizes of life, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that God is in it and God, God is working. Peter comes along and says, Amen, Paul, because I realize that the more I walk through things, it shows others that my faith is genuine. And matter of fact, it not only shows it, it reveals it to them. That one of the ways I reveal that the cross is correct and that grace works and that God is alive and Jesus is the Savior of the world is by the way that I handle the fire and the furnace that comes to my life. It will show and it will speak when I lean into it. God makes a difference. You know, I, I grew up. Uh, with a speech problem, and so back in those days, there was not a lot of sensitivity. Uh, I, I was kind of in the 70s, and, uh, and so there was not a lot of sensitivity if you had a challenge in your life, and so about first to second grade, uh, I went to what they call back in those days resource, and, and, and you, just, you they just get on a homeroom speaker, you go to homeroom first, and, yeah, let's, let's get, let everybody go to resource, you just get up in front of everybody and go down to resource, like in first to second grade, and I was there till about eighth or ninth grade uh, with a speech challenge, I stuttered, I couldn't say certain words, and uh, there, were, there were certain uh, things I could not pronounce. So I did speech therapy uh, uh, for every single day. But then back in, you would get out of resource uh, around lunchtime. And then you could go to what we called regular class. And, and, and when I would go to regular class for those years, I excelled in two uh, courses, two subjects. One was like what I called honors recess. Come on, somebody. I mean... <laughs> 
I was killing it in recess. They put me in an honor section of recess. It was strong. Some of you students identify with me on that one, and you're like, I, I take that also. And so it's amazing. I was, I've been rewarded with honors recess. And a lot of times honors recess, that means you spend time by the teacher, which is a big reward. And then if you know that or not, well, you sit by the teacher, you're special. And so... Um, and then the other was, uh, was what we, uh, was, was subject show and tell. And that, if you don't know what show and tell is, it was, it's where you, you bring something and you show it to the class. You, you talk about it. It's a way to get the kids involved and give them opportunities. So, so again, so we, we were doing show and tell. And, and one year, uh, at the end of the year, we were going to have the show and tell grand finale. Got a Super Bowl show and tell. And so teacher gets up, I think it was fifth, sixth grade, and says, hey, listen, this is going to be the big finale of show and tell. And you bring something from the house, which is huge. You get to bring something from home to show everybody. And so they, get, they pass out a list, and we were the last two to sign it, me and another guy that was beside me. He was kind of high level, didn't talk to me a lot. And so I, I signed it, and then you know, I was going to pass it to him. And I signed G.I. Joe. Come on, shout out to the 70s, G.I. Joe. And then I handed it to him, and he signed, signed it and handed it back to me, and he signed G.I. Joe. You ain't supposed to do that. They give out a sheet, and you see whatever, and you don't try to one-up somebody. You don't try to duplicate what they're bringing. That's like a show-and-tell rule. And so, and, he had, and I kind of looked at him, and he kind of smirked at me. He's, he's going to do this. So I turn in, so next couple days we do show-and-tell. He's one of those kids, you know, who wants to go first? Ooh, I'll go first. You know, had that Eddie Haskell spirit up all on him. Ooh. Some of y'all know nothing about Eddie Haskell. And so, um, you know, he kind of had a spirit up on him. So he gets up and does his show and tell. And he, he gets up and says, here's my G.I. Joe. He says, my G.I. Joe is in a box. Please. Why you got a G.I. Joe up in a box for? It's in a box. It's a collector's item. It's a, it's a scoop of G.I. Joe. It's never been out of the box. And it's so awesome. It's in a box. No G.I. Joe in a box. And, and, and they said, okay, with well, Joe, that's awesome. Would you like to pass? I can't pass it around. You can't touch a G.I. Joe. Keep it on a shelf in a locked closet. It's in a box. And you can come by and look at it. So you just walked by and looked at it in a box. And so I, I got up like next. I was like, here's my G.I. Joe. My G.I. Joe lives in the backyard in the mud in the water right by my dog that runs on a chain. Come on, somebody. I know you from Mississippi. I know you know somebody a dog in the backyard on a chain. And it stayed on the chain every day. And I said, my G.I. Joe, I lit its hair on fire. I strapped an M80 to its back. It's got a hole in its back. Don't have a leg, but I duct tape it. Throw it up against the wall, stomp on it. I don't care what you do with it. Here, catch Johnny. And, and you know, and when I got done, it's like all the kids stood up, just gave me like a standing go, like, woo, yes. Say, why do I tell a story like that? Because life is not lived in a box in a locked closet. Life is lived in the backyard on a chain with a dog running all around you. That's how marriage works. That's how raising kids. Wouldn't it be awesome if our marriage was perfect? Such a collector's item. What? Come on, canvases. I never forget one time we did pre-marriage counseling, and, and a couple came in, and, and they were sitting on two chairs in this table in the middle of it. They moved the table so they could scoot the chairs. I was like, why y'all scooting my chairs? Y'all pay for those chairs. And, 
I moved my chair. It's for, and, and they're holding hands the whole time. We're talking. I was like, great. It's awesome. Ooh, praise the Lord. That's, that's nauseating. Um, it's great. I'm nauseated. So uh, I said, uh, let's talk some. I said, would you, uh, hey, let's start. Well, tell me about his challenges. The Lord is my witness. She says, he doesn't have any. She, he, she, he says this. He, he's, he's perfect. Wow. Here's the worst thing. He doesn't say, he just kind of, I'm going to slap your side your head, boy. I don't you agree with that. How many of us marriage is not perfect? Wouldn't it be awesome if our kids just memorize the book of James all day long? Can I see your phone? Thou yes, mother, thou yes. Wouldn't it be awesome if our, if our, our bosses just sent us like money emojis all day long? Getting a raise, boom. Dollar bills flying at you right now. How many knows that's not life? Life just lived wide open with pain and suffering and stuff and problems and ups and downs. But Paul says, in all those things, I, God is working in your life to show and tell my plan for mankind. I think sometimes we, we really believe that if I could get my life cleaned up, then I can serve. If I can get everything perfect, then I'll go to a men's small group. If I just get everything, every T crossed, every I dotted, then, then I'll, I'll be a part and I'll take my next step at Northwood. My friend, that's never going to happen. I'm going to tell you one thing. This is a church that you can belong to while you're still trying to figure out your belief. This is a, this is a, amen. This is a church that, that you can be connected to while you're still trying to clean up the pain and the suffering and the challenge. That's why we have a small group. It's all of those things because God has called us to show and tell, not from a perfect life, but from a life that just has decided that I'm going to love you, God, and I've been called by your purpose. And even though I've been through the furnace and my marriage has been through the furnace and, and my health has been through the furnace and my finances have been through the furnace, I'm going to remain strong. And as I remain strong, you're going to use my life to make a difference in other people's lives. Even from the point of my pain. Because how many knows God never gives us a pain and your pastor teaches you this, there's not purpose attached to it. It's just how we, do we respond. Let me finish up. And I want to give you a couple things, just some applications, some points. Hopefully these are takeaways about making a difference and, and, and kind of a show and tell. Here's the first thing. Remember, your faith does, let your faith do the work. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it by yourself. You can't, this, this does not work without Jesus. I mean, as a Christian life without Christ is rough. It's a rough life to live. A Christian marriage without Jesus being in the center of it is hard. It's hard with Jesus. I'm telling you what, put Romans 8.28 on every blanket in your house. And it's still hard to raise those kids. So let, let's let our faith do the work. I believe if truth was told in our most raw, honest thought, we would we would hope that we would never have any problems. That's not going to happen. The older I get, the more I realize I need to feed my faith and starve my fear. Every time I pay my tithes, I'm feeding my faith. Every time I go to a next step, I'm feeding. Every time I attend a small group, I'm feeding my faith and I'm starving my fear. 
every single time I make that step. Here's the second thing that I think is so important. Please remember this. Your walk is your witness. All of your walk. I learn a lot from success. We learn a lot from the success of this church. We'll send pastors here. They learn a lot from the success. Many times your pastor's training church planters. And he tells them about the success. But I can tell you this. He also tells them about the challenges and the things they went through. Because it's not only your success that teaches me. Can I tell you something? When you go through your pain, it teaches me a lot about life. When you rem- I thank God that Jack Jolly didn't get bitter and didn't get angry and didn't quit church and didn't give up. Because of the way he walked through, it became a witness. How he endured suffering preached a sermon to me. Our walk is our witness. Here's the last thing that... I think it's so important before we finish up. Uh, when your faith does the work and, and your walk is your witness, how you handle things, how you respond, how you react, then what happens is your life then is a living invitation. I thought a lot about that lately. I want my life to be a living invitation to others. Jesus Christ cares about them, that you matter to God. Lord, that my life could be an invitation to others, that my life could be an invitation to two things, to church and to Jesus. Do you know there are many people that are one invitation away to come to church, and when they get to church, they're one invitation away to eternal transformation. But they may not get the internal transfer, eternal transformation. That invite may not happen if the first invite doesn't happen. That's why I just believe in, in being a bringer, be a inviter, because you just never no. You know, interesting, I'll close with this. I remember when I was talked to by that church on that Saturday evening, I believe it was June the 7th. I remember they handed me that little sheet of paper, Pastor Van, I put it in my pocket. And I remember about 12, 12, 31 o'clock, we shut down our shop and I was walking to the car. And I remember walking down the street where they were, and there were thousands of those sheets of paper blowing in the wind. So many people threw them down. And I don't judge one person who threw them down. But not everybody threw them down. I put one in my pocket. Why? Because you just never know how an invitation can be received. Let me live my life in a way that I'm an invitation for forgiveness and healing, restoration in someone's life. How about a new beginning or a fresh start that I could live my life in a way I could care, I could serve, I could be generous in a way that it would be an invitation to someone else. I cannot think of a greater way to live my life and a greater cause to live my life for. I say, Northwood, let's be that church and, and let's, be that, that, let's be those individuals to broken humanity that is all around us. Broken humanity at every level. Can I have a good amen? Let's bow our heads. Let's pray together. Just a few moments, our campus pastors are going to join us on stage at every every campus. But before they do, I want to give you an opportunity across the church. If you're here today, this is how I felt led to say it. If you're here today and you feel far from God, You feel far from hope. You feel far from a fresh start and a new beginning. And and you just say, 
Dino, I, I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start. It's in Jesus. Your, your first connect is to Him. And I want to ask you all across church life at every campus, if you're here and you just say, you know what, I, I need to give my life to Christ. I, I, I feel far from God. You don't have to be. Just one moment, I'm going to lead you in prayer that our campus pastor is going to help you take that next step. All across the church, if you say, Dino, when you pray, with every head bowed, everyone pray. If you say, Dino, when you pray, I, I want to pray, and I, I, need, I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start in my life. If that's you, just so we can connect, I'm not going to ask you to stand or come forward, but I do want to connect with you at every campus. Could you just... Can you just lift up your hand and you just say, D, I need a new beginning. I need, I need a fresh start. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands are going up all across the room. Thank you. Know at every campus, hands are going up. Can I lead you in prayer? Just pray this prayer from your heart. When I say amen, our campus pastors are going to take the service. Just pray this from your heart. Say, dear Jesus, if you raise your hand, just lean into this. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I thank you that you died and you rose again. And I believe that you're the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Give me a new beginning. Give me a fresh start. Because today I confess you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. If you'll text the word SAVED to 51660, we want to send you a link to our website that'll explain a little more about the decision you just made and give you some steps to take so that you can grow in your new relationship with God. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you're in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv slash give, or you can text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again, that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.